Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hoax Busters call. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Monday. It's December 9th. It's 2019. This is Chris here. And this is Hoax Busters call. This is pre-recorded. I was using my cell data to do the calls, and turns out that if you use a Wi-Fi hotspot, that it limits you on the amount of data that you can use. And uh, I wasn't aware of that. I never used it. I, I never really used it before as a hotspot. Maybe just on a couple occasions. So. Uh, I wasn't aware that it, it runs out, and then um, you have to wait till the next uh, renewal of your data when the monthly cycle goes through or what have you. But anyway, yeah, that's the deal. I didn't do a call last Monday because of that. Uh, tonight's this is a pre-recorded audio, so it's it's we're not live right now. So uh, so I just do. Audio to upload, and uh, yeah, throw some stuff out there, and kind of put out an update of what's going on. Yeah, you can even look at um, what's going on out there as far as this thing called it. They call it intersectionalism or social justice crusading or social justice warriors, and all this kind of stuff you're seeing pushed out into the culture pushed out and pushed out by the mainstream all these different sources now there's these uh, movie franchises that are being reworked and reimagined with these themes in it sort of this uh definite push to put this out very overtly at this certain phase in social engineering, and you know, if you've li- if you've listened to the to the audios here for a while, you probably already kind of have an idea where I'm going with this. But um, if not, might give you some maybe other insights that you haven't considered as far as this stuff goes. And I'm not gonna go into it too deeply as far as like what what is this all about but more looking at like the sort of context where it has come about because I thought that uh, thinking about it uh, there's some interesting uh, advancements or kind of phases to this whole thing and what we're seeing now is just con- a kind of continuation of what's been going on. And like we've touched uh, on a lot of this in the past, how it's like uh, there's this this agenda to break down the family, to destroy the family unit, to, 
totally change the concept of um, marriage and to uh, diminish the importance of like man woman being together raising a family and that idea of being kind of a, a central tenant of a of a society of a culture which it certainly is and of course the goal being to transition away from that and to transition into uh more of a population that's more dependent on the system on the government and institutions and to strengthen and build up institutionalism i think that's a big part of the goal and you know the end result will be obviously more controlled more regimentation uh less ability to be uh independent of the system or be outside the system and i say i think we see that happening now and yeah how how is this brought about what am i talking about what is the well I, you'll hear this is regarded as conspiracy talk you know the the whole if you look up like the frankfurt school and cultural marxism and the influence of that line of thought in the university system they go look up some some more mainstream mainline uh, takes on that and what it what it will angle of course is going to take is like oh well if you kind of make anything out of that or you think that was something that you know has it has relevance to what we're seeing today then that's that's a conspiracy theory see that's that's just not it's not the case it's just all kinds of i guess ha has no consequence you know the whole frankfurt school of thought coming into the universities they said they came over here from the the main purveyors of it came over from uh germany to the to america in the 1930s yeah, I just pull up the Wikipedia on this. Uh, Frankfurt School is a school of social theory and critical philosophy associated with the Institute for Social Research at the Gulf University, Frankfurt. Uh, it was founded in the Weimar Republic, 1918-1933, during the European interwar period of 1918-1939. It, uh, Frankfurt School is comprised of intellectuals, academics, and political dissidents who were ill-fitted to the contemporary socio-economic systems, you know, capitalist, fascist, communist, of the 1930s. Uh, Frankfurt theorists proposed that social theory was inadequate for explaining the turbulent political factionalism and reactionary politics occurring in, in ostensibly liberal capitalist societies of the 20th century. Yeah, so there are different people that are put out there as sort of the main purveyors of these ideas. One, that one is uh, GWF Hegel, where you get the Hegelian dialectic of uh, problem, reaction, solution. Uh, said he emphasized dialectic 
study emphasized dialectic and contradiction as intellectual properties inherent to the human grasp of material reality. Then you go down, this is a Wikipedia entry, I'm still at, uh, contemporary uses the term cultural Marxism refers to a far-right anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, which claims that the Frankfurt School is a part of an ongoing academic and intellectual effort to undermine and destroy Western culture and values. Uh, according to this conspiracy theory, which emerged in the late 1990s, the Frankfurt School and other Marxist theorists were part of a conspiracy to attack Western society by undermining traditionalist conservatism and Christianity using the 1960s counterculture, multiculturalism, progressive politics, and political correctness. Yeah, and it goes on to say that uh, as William S. Lynn, Pat Buchanan, Paul Rayrich, and it's it's an alt-right conspiracy theory. Well, okay, be that as it may, the question is, okay, what, does, does it have any bearing on what we're seeing today? And, and you know, cultural Marxism, like what what is it described as? I mean, they said that uh, instead of, you know, transforming society directly head on, you know, through any kind of like – militaristic means or anything like that was, was not what their goal was. Their goal was what they call the, the, the long march through the institutions, like the American institutions, um, like, uh, you know, one of them being, um, you know, different to the media, of course, the press, um, the, your, your, uh, theater entertainment and, uh, you know, to disseminate uh, the, the propaganda and put it out there and to change and influence society by, by those means. <clears throat> uh, I mean, do I believe that there was some ragtag group of intellectuals that immigrated into the United States and completely seize control of the university system and put this stuff in there single-handedly? No, absolutely not. Doesn't make any sense to me. I don't think that. No, I don't. I don't think that makes much sense at all. Uh, I do. I do think that that was, you know, an actual event in history, of course, and that. Um, those the 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 so-called Franks for school did did have that influence, but they it wasn't um, it wasn't brought about through solely through that group is what I'm trying to say. There was more to it than that. Um, my opinion, and and the reason being is that. Um, you look at okay the the context where all this stuff came about, and so you have this this group of intellectuals come over in the 1930s, and it's interesting the timing. What I'm talking about, how okay, what what was what was the uh, uh, economic conditions in the 30s so that, that was with the Great Depression era and leading up to World War II 
and then so you have not only this um, these Marxist ideas being put out, but at the same time having this backdrop so that they will be given legitimacy by way of just the stuff, just just the events sort of as they're unfolding in the United States around that time. So you, you think about it, okay, so they, they came in an op, right, at, right at a very opportune time right around the Great Depression era. So that would speak to those, you know, being Marxist, being, you know, allegedly the party of the people or the party of the Workers' Party. I mean, that was the original idea of the Marxist revolution or the Marxist takeover. It would uh, be comprised of the working class, and the working classes would have this political uprising and overturn the uh, ruling uh, class, the uh, heads of industry and and all of that. And the whole idea of Marxism was that that would be the sort of... Uh, nexus point where the workers could rally around and band together. Well, it didn't turn out that way uh, as the story goes, so the Marcus, Marxist took another tact and that's with the uh, cultural revolution. Now, like how, how how successful would they be if they were to come to the United States in a period of you know relative prosperity? Uh, would you know the those um, that agitation or that uh, their their rhetoric and their um, would wouldn't really be that compelling? I don't believe. So you know, coming having that being kind of in, interjected into the university system around the '30s, uh, I think is you know very timely as as far as like yeah being being have the backdrop of the depression and then leading up to World War II and then what what did we see uh, happen allegedly in World War II? Well, you have Hitler and supposedly that's where the the Frankfurt School the individuals comprising the Frankfurt School. Uh, were were fleeing Nazi oppression, and they were a group of Jews that were trying to trying to get away from uh, Hitler. <coughs> and as uh, oppressive policies, and then you have, of course, the Holocaust, which uh, we've talked about before. Like, did they did they really systematically? Eradicate gas and murder six million Jews. Uh, it's my my opinion, and looking into it, that that was not uh, logistically even possible. And you know, if you want to look at that on your own, and look into like, uh, for instance, this gentleman David Cole, he put out a uh, documentary where he goes to Auschwitz. He's taking the standard tour that you go on as a tourist, but he's probing, he's asking questions, and he goes to, you know, the different administrators of that. And uh, it's one particular historian that was overseeing that, and he's just asking very direct, pointed questions. Um, he's presenting, you know, he's, he's, he, he, his mother was Jewish, so that technically makes him a Jew, so he, so he shows up wearing the yarmulke. 
and um, so he's he's positioning himself as if you know I'm you know I'm a Jew and I just kind of want and I'm really interested in Auschwitz and I and I've and I've heard these things by these Holocaust deniers. I just want to see you know what you know as you know an honest inquiry see what but you know he 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 had already been you know of course already been convinced that you know the Holocaust was kind of ridiculous the way it was presented goes to show that yeah they've they've taken structures there they've reorganized them they uh put holes in the roof that weren't there prior to make it look like it was gas chambers they did all kinds of things you know basically forgery and fraud and he said well you know what about all the shoes they had well it's like you know we've talked about this before it's like okay yeah you go if if you're going to go into any kind of uh concentration camp or prison camp scenario uh, you're you're supplied with shoes. You don't wear your personal effects and stuff. Uh, you get haircuts to prevent lice, that sort of thing. So it wouldn't be any indication that you know. I, I don't I don't understand how it's um, logical to bring bring people in and and go through all the trouble to cut their hair and then send them to a gas chamber. It doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of stuff about it that just just absolutely makes no sense. But it is important to politics as we know it today, the Holocaust. And if you think about the Frankfurt School, it's like, well, didn't wouldn't the Holocaust really add a lot of fuel to those ideas that they're putting out? Sort of this uh, anti anti-fascist, anti-capitalist ideas, and anti, you know, pointing this out as far as, like, Hitler goes and what it supposedly led to in World War II, and how, and I've, and I've talked about this before, how the Holocaust narrative is, is, is sort of central underpinning to our modern politics today, Especially like if you if you're going to go into any debate with a with a conservative and liberal, you're not going to really run across too many debates or discussion that's not going to have Hitler brought up within the first few minutes. So it's 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 important to understand that as a as an influential, very influential in the thought of the modern dweller in civilization. It's the Hitler narrative, the Hitler mythology, which I call a mythology because the Holocaust is um, is a work of fiction. And then before anybody just, you know, flips their lid over that uh, a statement like that, it's like... Um, yeah, okay, so you you are you're an idiot. You're a Holocaust denier, and anybody accusing me of that would I would have to ask them like, okay, so which Holocaust are you talking about? Are you call, are you talking about the the Russian mass slaughter of six million Jews in the years leading up to World War One? That one, because I could pull you up some newspaper articles describing that. Is that the one you're talking about? Are you talking about the one in World War Two? Or if you live in, I believe it's uh, Serbia or Croatia, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. But somewhere, if you were raised there, 
you will be taught from a child that the Holocaust, the victims of the Holocaust were Christians, and they were the Serbians fleeing in refugees that were rounded up by Hitler and, and, and killed. Point being that it's like you'll be given a completely different narrative and backstory to the Holocaust. It just all depends, okay? So what what are you talking about? That version of the Holocaust? Are you talking about the Western version that we're usually told about the Jews being the being the main victim or the only real victim of the Holocaust? Uh, yeah, you get, you get then it starts to break down. But you know, if you're gonna just go off the standard line and what you're told, if you hear somebody doubt the Holocaust, then you're conditioned and you're trained to react to it strongly. And to shout the other person down, and supposedly in some countries you'll, you can actually go to jail for denying the Holocaust. But um, yeah, I just wanted to wanted to bring that up because I I think it's interesting, really, and very re- relevant to what we're seeing today with this. Uh, some people call it cultural Marxism or uh, intersectionalism. I'm hearing that word thrown around a lot now. Uh, and what are what are the you know sort of core tenets of that? It's like well, um, the idea that you know national identity, all forms of identity. Uh, result in divisiveness and then, you know, then things like war and like the Holocaust. And in order to to do something about that, you have to er, er, erase those boundaries or make everybody um, equal with equal outcomes so you don't have this, uh, you know, you know, different classes of people. You have to have uh, equality of outcomes, which is different of quite different from equality of opportunities. You're hearing people now saying or calling for you know equal uh, equal outcomes and not really so much equal opportunity. I mean, you'll hear it with the you know, especially with feminism and feminism is a is a part of this whole thing. And uh, one of the things they'll they'll kind of put out there as an issue is being well, there's not enough women in the fields of uh, engineering. You know, they call it, well. Now we have this thing called STEM programs, stuff like that. We need we you know get more women into the engineering fields because they're underrepresented. Um, is that a result of them? being forbidden from going into engineering? No, it's ridiculous. That's not the case. It's that, you know, women aren't being drawn into those fields for whatever reason. Some are, some are. I mean, but on average, it's mainly uh, men. But see, they're going to force the issue and, and make it so that there's equal representation everywhere, regardless of whether, I guess, women are interested in it or not. I, I'm not, but anyway, that is these sort of the same thing you'll hear echo throughout this uh, Marxist uh, philosophy. <clears throat> so yeah, we just need to break down all barriers. Uh, family is bad because you know you have that as uh, an oppressive uh, patriarchal system. You know where 
you know, men being the head of the household, that has to be done away with. And that has large, to a large extent been done away with. Um, and I initially started this out talking about movies and like, why, why, you know, why are we seeing this in movies now so overtly uh, being pushed and put and put out there to the point where like a lot of the fans that have like, for instance, like the Star Wars films are are looking at this recent series of uh, films and they're seeing this very overtly uh, where you have this uh, main character that's now a female and they've taken the male character, the the main protagonist in the past film, which would be Luke Skywalker. Now he's been cast aside in a very, you know, sort of denigrating, kind of, you know, disrespectful to the whole past character arc of him getting to where he was in the whole storyline and that's just just totally been wrecked and 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 cast aside and and then you have this female figure being elevated to the status of like and from what i understand of and i'm looking at some of the stuff that people are putting out there like oh this well this latest one is coming up in a couple of weeks so it's supposed to be the last in this trilogy that this recent trilogy of star wars that came out and they said well this one is just even taking it even further to where this central character female is going to take on the name skywalker and she is going to like from what i understand receive like godlike powers of you know resurrecting the dead and everything else so it's like not only do they completely you know, do away with the, you know, the male representative, but the female comes into the story and then she is like so far and above and beyond any predecessor of the so-called Jedi Knights or whatever that she's kind of like now this kind of godlike status. And and it's just so over the top and sort of really uh, driving this... um, um, sort of feminine empowerment to to just absurd extremes, and so now you're going to see this in James Bond. They're going to have him supplanted by a female agent, from what I understand, and they have all this other kind of absurd nonsense in the film. Like now, he now James Bond is driving an electric car freak's sake and it's it's green it's environmentalist it's woman power it's james bond they're gonna just completely take a big steam and dump on that not that i personally care that much i don't really i'm not that big a fan of film uh but these are very important culturally to people it, it you know in our society in our current society as far as like uh yeah, you know, especially some of the science fiction, this top science fiction like Star Trek, Star Wars, places like this. It's sort of like a like a replacement religion. So now that you're seeing this being done to you know this intersectionalist ideas, all this stuff, it's like uh, hyper feminism and stuff being uh, shoehorned into these plot lines and these scripts of all these into these film franchises. Um, 
we're seeing, I, I believe this is important culturally, is we're seeing this sort of um, complete transformation and eradication of like anything that would kind of be approaching uh, traditional uh, norms. And this is being done deliberately. It's being done intentionally. It's a coordinated effort. It's not just Hollywood, because I, because, um, you know, I, I just, I just point this out that like, you know, this is not only Hollywood. It's the, it's the, it's all your Fortune 500 companies are all on board with this. Which, um, yeah, how much sense does this really make when you stop and think about it? So you have all the. From what I understand, and I don't know exactly how true this is, but um, I, I, I get the impression that this is the case. Like, pretty much the majority of Fortune 500 companies donate to liberal, so-called liberal causes. And, that, you know, this very thing that I've been talking about. You have that. And recently you have the... Uh, the one kind of more prominent holdout against this would be the you know Chick-fil-A fast food from what i understand like the the founder died and they immediately shift gears over to supporting uh you know pro abortion pro uh homosexual gay activist all that so now they are kind of in line with the rest of the. I don't know if they're a Fortune 500. Uh, they're they're up there though. They're they're, uh, yeah. From what I understand, they have they have restaurants all over the United States, and they're a pretty big corporation. But um, the only the only other large retail outlet or. That I, what is, I would think Hobby Lobby would maybe be one, but all out of all you think about it, out of all the the um, big big corporations and uh, retail chains and fast food chains, and um, you rarely find one that's like kind of pushing back against all of this stuff to 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 some degree or another. Like, how is that even possible? How would that even be remotely possible if we're living in this sort of so-called egalitarian society where, you know, anybody can make it rich. Anybody can make If you just work hard enough and you could just, you know, build up build up your uh, little fiefdom and, and get big on the scene. And but you that just kind of like comes with the territory that you'll turn into like a. Uh, a leftist uh, SJW supporter? Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't make any sense. So you got Twitter, you got Facebook, you got Google, you got um, the, the the social media. They're all on board with this, and they and you see them favoring this uh, these, uh, for lack of a better word, liberal causes or progressive causes, and and, and I guess. If I wanted to put a definition on progressivism, it's just it's just destruction of anything traditional, and then you know actually ultimately the destruction and t- deterioration of society in general. So they they could bring in this other this sort of imagined utopia that p- people have in their mind, where you know everybody's equal and everybody um, 
you know, it, it, you know, there's there's no disparity, there's no there, there's no differences, and uh, to, to to one degree or another, the 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 progressives seem to be kind of uh, in in on board with that idea. Um, but you know, is it is it uh, really about that? About uh, equality? Um, not really. Not when you're not when you're looking at what they're calling for. It's not about it's it's not about people being put on a, a you know equal playing field. It's about um, more now about having to do with past injustices, making those right by flipping it around, and then you take what was perceived as the 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 past oppressor and then oppress them. So it's like no, it's it just you know which which is what's going to happen is this is going to create resentment, it's going to create division. Uh, another thing that you're seeing on the world stage as this all 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 this this stuff is happening um, in our culture, where the, you're seeing that you know the film franchises being you know. Terminator. That's another one. It's like they 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 just completely just ham-handedly crammed it full of uh, you know role reversals and flipping the script. And the male is the the Terminator is now a, a, a I guess he's a stay-at-home dad that is like interior decorator or something. Just everything that they could put in there that would um, kind of be uh counter to i didn't see the film so i don't know just what i've heard about it and then of course they kill the 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 main guy that was the main uh fighter against the skynet or the the baddies in the terminator series like you know they 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 had to kill him off and replace him with a female so they're doing this um yeah, it, very aggressively, very intentionally, and another thing that kind of what what this illustrates too is that um, you know even with like Chick Fil A, you know coming out and reversing their position on a lot of this stuff is that um, if you remember back when there was this controversy and then there was like this call to boycott Chick Fil A, which completely back from what I understand it completely backfired on. These um, real vocal uh, LGBT activists and all that, and it didn't work, and people went in droves to support them. And so, what that tells you, what it tells me, is that um, them now reverse. As soon as the founder dies, they reverse it. It's not about profits. It's not about oh, we're going to appeal to more mass people because they've already, that's already been disproven. At least in the case with Chick Fil A, where it's like no, they got more revenue, they got more support, they expanded because they were standing on principles and people admired that. And there was probably a, a lot of the people that went there just didn't really care. So, like, the idea that this stuff is to get or to gain or popularity, and you're seeing this with the films, too. The the Terminator film, they say, lost $150 million or something like that. It doesn't matter. That's not what it's about. The agenda is obviously supersedes any uh, profit motive. 
I think that's important to look at now that we're seeing these developments. It's like if you think about YouTube, they're they're you know biased against you know conservative traditional ideas or people putting out or p- people putting out anything against the. Uh, um, uh, homosexuality, transsexualism, whatever that they're 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 shadow banned. There's people have been pointing this out for a long time, and that they're they're demonstrating this overt bias towards uh, conservative ideas, traditional ideas. Um, same thing with Twitter and all that. And it's like, okay, so what would be as from a business perspective? What would be? How would that make any sense if you want to alienate? big large percentage of your your user and customer base makes absolutely no sense so point being is that this agenda is gonna is is gonna not really have much regard for profit it's it's more than important than than the profits it, that's what I'm saying because a lot of people say, "Well, no, whatever they do, it's for for it's 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 a money motive." And it's like, well, clearly in this, it, it, you, you're seeing example after example after example where it, it is not profitable to put this stuff out there the way they're doing it. And um, but yeah, why you know why why is this why are we seeing this now? Well, I think another thing to point out, and it goes back to past calls. I mean, we, we, on the afternoon commute, commute I mean, me and me and John, we've talked about uh, oh James Bond, the Bond films several times, and we're kind of like as a cultural influencer and what it was, what, what the messages it was kind of communicating. Was it James Bond films? They started coming out like in the fifties. And we was talking about like how yeah how other films and how men and women interrelationships were portrayed in films around that time, and pointing out that um, yeah so you see this sort of elevation or this glorification of the idea of this sort of playboy type that kind of sleeps around and then at the same time you have the culture being more. Uh, the organizational man where it's like you're going out to work and you're and then you know the bringing females into the workplace at the same time and then then you see film portraying and glorifying being a playboy and being a player and uh you know having a mistress and, and and all that being cool you know gangster films james bond and all that uh that being played up so then you'd have this preparation for the next phase, which would be feminism, which started coming about, you know, around the well, it was around the '60s, and then Gloria Steinem being working for the CIA, and she admitted it, and Miss Magazine, and all that. We saw that, so that's what, you know that's why I'm bringing all that up because this this relates to what we're seeing today. This didn't just come out of the blue, is what I'm trying to say. This didn't just like spontaneously erupt because uh, all the liberals have gone crazy because of Trump or something to that effect. I don't know what how the average person so looks at this and see this obvious sort of um, agenda being put out there 
and what they make of it. Like, well, well, why is this? Why are we seeing this? Is it because of Trump? I don't. I pointed out that when uh, Trump took office, that they already had several t- television shows and movies already in the can and ready to roll out with these sort of similar themes right when he took office. So it's like that, I think, is relevant, too. Because if you talk about, okay, cultural relevancy, something that's poignant, something that's on point, something that's coming out that's going to be reflective of what's going on in politics and so-called reality. Uh, well, what's one example that comes off the top of my head? Well, you had the, this, the Harry Potter, which is another super popular franchise. And then I'm not saying that because whatever degree or not, I think this the 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 Harry Potter kind of goes along. I guess it'll have to if they bring that back, they'll have to change Harry into Harriet or something. But anyway, the 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 film that came out like right around the time Trump was being put in office had had a, a political theme, had a guy running for office, and it's very um, a lot of parallels to Trump. And it's like, well, is that uh, foreknowledge? I believe it is certainly foreknowledge because it wouldn't have been really culturally relevant if Hillary Clinton would have been put into office and then that film comes out. So what? how poignant or culturally relevant would it be then? Not really. And then, they, of course, they have the Netflix series coming out. There was several different ones. I, don't, I can't even remember the names of some of them, but they're, you know, really emphasizing, you know, racism in America, stuff like that. You know, documentaries were coming out right around that time, too, just just loaded in the hopper and ready to ready to put out right around when Trump was elected. And just and just and we went into before in past calls, uh, the Reagan administration especially when we're talking about the, the the punk rock scene and all the different connections and the odd connections and and, the, and and a lot of the a lot of the scene the different punk scenes uh one of them coming out of DC and then you look at like the prominent bands and their connections and stuff like that and then you see that like uh um you know you go pull up stuff where Henry Rollins which um uh, it, it, he's got a, he's got an interesting family background. You look into him and his history, and then, you know he's talked about like how he's uh, uh, done stuff for the CIA or worked with them, and then he's going into how like Ronald Reagan was a big um, influencer on the punk rock scene. Which think about it, oh, that makes sense. That's and he describes it as that's that's the pushboard where we were operating off of it's like yeah um, okay here's reagan and it's like this sort of this like uh personification of right-wing evil and that we needed to like really um put out this strong opposition to it and then you know go 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 really radical with a lot of stuff <clears throat> same thing same thing with trump it's just a repeat of that um so you're seeing Trump as being sort of this like push forward to a lot of this stuff. And I think to a large degree that's true. I don't think, but I think this is all pre-planned. Um, and then, you know, you have the, the reaction to it and then it can be pointed towards 
just being reactionary towards this one particular individual, but but that's part of the whole narrative and script that's already been pre-written and that we're seeing unfold today. That's that's my take on it. Yeah, so I'll have to get uh, internets either. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to look. At, have to find like some kind of a plan. Like a, it'd be cool to have a phone plan where I had like unlimited he, uh, hotspot. I'm not sure what the rationale behind the whole limitation of the data on the hotspot because I don't. I don't understand if I'm using it on my phone or if I'm using it on my laptop. What, does it consume more? It doesn't. I mean, I'm, data is data, and I'm using it whether I'm using it on the phone or using it on the laptop. I don't know. I don't understand. Maybe there's some rationale that I don't understand. But anyway, yeah. So this uh, YouTube is all a buzz about this new law that's child protection or COPPA, C-O-P-P-A. And it's interesting uh, looking at people putting out videos and then the, the, what it is, to summarize it, is that uh, you can't run targeted ads on videos that appeal to children or that are designed to made for children. So that is going to be enforced now, which... Apparently was always the law, but it was never enforced, and now there's going to be a crackdown on it. And um, I, you know, I, you know, it's like people are kind of freaking out about it. I said, "Well, my video gets views from children. I'm not making my videos for children, but for some reason, some children look at. It. Is that going to get me uh, flagged? There are some, you know. So, so there's all this. I think a lot of it is just kind of like, you know." Um, somewhat overblown uh i guess that remains to be seen like they're they're gonna they're gonna continue pulling channels and from what i understand that they're gonna just start pulling channels off that aren't profitable which um yeah we kind of saw that coming um you know and they claim because i've heard people say this too they can't afford the uh bandwidth or storage well here's the thing i mean if it's not profitable and there's not a lot of people viewing your video let's say you have 30 videos sitting on their server well you know if they could we got to look at you know okay storage and how much you know storage space would that take up well storage is um Way cheaper than it used to be. I know that. I mean, as far as I, I can't see that as being a barrier to, you know, is, or being something that would be a tremendous expense. Now I can see like bandwidth, maybe like if you're having people requesting those videos and they're being streamed off their um, server farms, and uh, so they have to, you know, they have to pay that bandwidth and stuff like that. But that that would seem like, well, if, if the people are, or if there's a demand for it, there's people watching it and they're getting views, then it would, you know, there would be some um, profit uh, potential there. But whatever. So, but, but, you know, they're claiming, oh, it's not profitable and we need to start pulling stuff that's not profitable. Okay, whatever. But um, in any case, 
I think what this is and why they're enforcing it now, and I think that we're going to see uh, more of this in the future, where it's like it's sort of highlighting, illustrating the problem with like anybody being able to access the internet at any time, and then you got children looking at inappropriate content, children being targeted for advertising, people being uh, children being put on um, YouTube, and then. Um, uh, there's like this sick pedophile crap that's on there. We're seeing that. What what is this sort of leading to? I believe is that um, they've they're already doing they're already doing this in China. They're doing this in other countries. It's like yeah, you have to you have to have some kind of form of an identification to identify yourself to access the internet. And the case is being made. I think it's that simple. It's just the case is being made for because you think about it, it's like, okay, why has this never been dealt with until now? Uh, you know, why now and why why not in the past? Well, I think that's you know we're gonna we're gonna just see this kind of being being put out there and being highlighted as a as a big issue, a big problem. Um, which is, which is pretty it was pretty bizarre because. Uh, what, what, there was um, a whole crap ton of videos that were being put on YouTube, and they had you know trademark copyrighted characters, you know Spider Man and the princess from uh, Frozen, the the Disney film that came out, and all this stuff, and they were really. Bizarre and you know very inappropriate for children and what do they call it. Uh, I, I forget the name of it. People people were pointing us out. It's like look, look look at this. This is like really a lot of this is really bizarre and kind of sick and really not doesn't appear appropriate for children and and from what I understand that is still on YouTube. I don't know what to 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 what degree it is, but um. You think about that for a second. It's like that's been allowed to go on for years, and then you know people started pointing it out, and then they started kind of maybe putting putting the brakes on that a little bit. So you have several things at issue there. You have content targeted toward children, and oh, come to find out, oh yeah, there's been a law against that. You can't target content and advertise to children. What's that? That they've been doing that. And then you've been using copyrighted characters. I thought like Disney didn't approve of you just taking their so-called intellectual property and just using it freely to put it. I that's amazing to me that that's allowed to go on because I've heard of people too like putting something on Etsy or something like that, and it's like a Mickey Mouse looking thing, and then and 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 Disney will hunt them down. I don't know what to do. I mean, it depends on I guess how how big you are too but they, th- these videos were getting millions and millions of views so i don't i don't i don't see how that was ignored uh especially when they'll pull people's videos off for having like 15 seconds of of music playing in the background which is insane but yeah so so what i'm pointing out is like oh yeah so why now all of a sudden is it a big deal well it's probably has something to do with some legislation being proposed or just simply getting this idea out there. Oh, yeah, everybody needs to identify to get on the Internet.
I saw this. Um, there was a series on Amazon. I have uh, I have a subscription to that. That's the only streaming subscription that I have, but it comes with the Amazon Prime. And they have their own proprietary programming on there. There was one called, uh, I have it here in my notes, The Feed. And so I got to looking at that. It uh, looked like it was kind of like in the same vein as like uh, Black Mirror, which is on Netflix, which is uh, pretty interesting. But The Feed is about ha- a, a, the majority of people have chips implanted in their head and so that the feed is the the continuous feed you're constantly plugged in you're constantly tuned into the internet and you have this uh brain implant and you have like you can visualize inside your mind's eye i guess i don't know but they show it they portray it as like kind of little pop-up bubbles that come up and you can see it and you know as you know looking at the you know, through a first-person view through their eyes. And then it shows, like, their kind of heads-up display coming, talking, and then suggesting that that's what they see, in, you know, in their in their vision. So it's either being piped into their visual cortex or whatever directly stimulated from the chip. So I, I was watching this, and I'm thinking, no, oh, this is, wow, this is kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a, not necessarily a horror flick, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't, paint the scenario in a good light because it because it kind of as as the story progresses along like so supposedly there's these hackers that come in and they um intercept the feed and then they put their own messaging in it and stuff like that and then you know stuff starts going to shit in society and you know so it's kind of like and you're thinking, oh, this is sort of a, maybe a cautionary tale on the whole chip idea. And I was like, well, no, let's watch a little. That's why I watched a few more episodes. And I'm like, what? Okay, so what is the what is the angle here? Because I I don't expect to see like Amazon Prime putting out stuff that's like anti-brain chip. I'd say what what is the angle that's being worked here? And I, and this is I guess a spoiler if anybody wants to watch it or whatever, but. So as, as the storyline progresses along, and I'm, I'm seeing this, it's like, okay, so this hacking, and it's like, so now they have this, they've interjected into the storyline this this concept that um, you can be, essentially, which would be like possession. So they can, so these hackers, so supposedly these hackers out there, they hacked into the feed, and then they could take over your body with this, uh, through this chip interface. It's like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting as far as, uh, you know, part of the part of the storyline there. And then um, one of the one of the characters, one of the main characters, her sister gets possessed or her body commandeered and taken over. Uh, And and then. um, Well, no, let me backtrack here. The prior to that happened, there was another character, and this probably illustrates the point better. But she, her husband, um, was taken over by this. You know, so what happens is that you know he he is not really himself. He 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 got he he got um, 
his personality turned off and then the hacker takes over his body and pretends to be him but it's really not him and then he goes to you know try to kill people stuff like that which is like okay so if they can if it, I, I i don't know there's some holes in the plot line but whatever the point being is that as the story progresses along, you say, okay, what's really happening here? They don't really reveal too much. You just kind of like, you, you, but you know that. You know that they're possessed through the chip somehow. And then, so the the creator of this chip, he has to, you know, give an account like, well, what the hell is going on? There's people that have, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, our corporation, we're going to lose, you know, you know we're losing control. We don't. We, we can't figure this problem out, and so he he ends up being um, himself. They take the take the main guy, the inventor, and then they um, you know they they deny him access to the feed. So he's kind of so he ends up um, having to to try to um, work through other people to resolve whatever is going on. So they've. So they have to. So eventually, they figure out that it's like, well, the 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 first people that were given the brain chip, it stores all your memories and everything, right, and, digitally, and puts it into the cloud. So what it what it then it, what it eventually starts telling you, the, revealing as it goes on, is that the people that are now or the entities or the personalities that are possessing people now, they were in the cloud, and then when their physical body died, all the memories and representation that were uploaded through the chip are their personalities now, and now they're trying to come out of this digital other, nether realm and inhabit the bodies of, of living people that have the chip. Because, and the reason why they're rebelling and revolting is because he was going to uh, switch off that part of the cloud or something like that and, you know, blank out those living entities that were saved. Okay, that's really kind of a little bit convoluted and kind of weird. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, oh, okay, so now I understand how this could be potentially be propaganda where it's like community it it's it it appears on first blush or you're looking at it this is like okay this is a cautionary tale we don't want brain chips this is like some scenario that could go wrong and i'm thinking about oh yeah so this is maybe an so an anti-brain chip theme and but after they revealed that part of it i was like mm, that's Maybe not quite the case. Maybe the whole idea is being sold to people if you watch this series that, oh, yeah, my memories and everything about me will be uh, saved through digitally through the chip and uploaded in the cloud. And my memories and all of that is me so that, um, you know, if I'm uploading the cloud, I could come back, may not inhabit another body of a living person that has a chip but maybe they can import me in into a cyborg or or something like that or um so i think that's really was kind of like 
the thrust of it or to sell that idea in a sort of backhanded way. I thought that was interesting. It's like, yeah, I don't expect to see too much out there that's going to be anti-tech to that extreme. And I think, like, if you would pick apart a lot of this uh, Black Mirror series, you you might find sort of the same thing, like sort of this backhanded endorsement of certain things or to make it look appear, you know, like they're showing you how scary it is, but at the same time, uh, it's an, an endorsement of it. But as far as the, I mean, some of the series and stuff I've seen on the uh, Black Mirror, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, other than coming away with of you being kind of freaked out about all this technology. But, um, yeah, whatever. I just wanted to point that out about that. I just thought it was uh, interesting. And how, like, a lot of this stuff you can watch out there is, like, maybe not so much a... warning against it as it is maybe an, an, an endorsement in some backhanded way. Yeah, and there was this other thing I was looking at, too, about, uh, yeah, transsexuals. And I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of this statistic, but you're seeing more and more transsexuals come out. Yeah, and you're seeing sort of this controversy around this, like, oh, well, is it happening because uh, it's being promoted out there in the culture now, and that's why you're seeing more young people, teenagers, children, expressing the idea that they might be transgender. Is that what we're seeing, or is it because it's more accepted now, now they feel safe to come out? Is that what's going on? And that was was being discussed on this uh video I was watching and then they bring something up which I thought was really interesting it says that there's far more female trans than there are male so in other words there's more female transitioning to male than there is male transitioning to female and it's usually this this demographic is like younger people and um, and I was like okay that that totally makes sense if you're going to look at it from, and you're going to take the position that it's it, it's it's because the the influence of the culture, uh, we're seeing the same thing with the promotion of uh, veganism. Like, how, what's the percentage that are uh, females? Well, it's way disproportionately higher among females than it is males. Same thing with trans. Apparently, that is there's way more females going trans than males so well that totally makes sense because uh, this is not a slam against women but it's like it seems that women are more susceptible to this type of uh, influence or propaganda or putting this out and um, yeah there's this Goebbels quote that gets um, bantied around a lot it's like yeah first you know, as far as like you know, pushing propaganda is like you, you first you get the um, you get the children through the schools, and then so and then, no, so you get the women. They said first, primarily you get the women, and then you have the children, and then so go the men. But yeah, that's that's how how they did it. So they targeted their propaganda toward women, influence the women, and the women have the have the 
influence over the children, and then the, the 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 men have no option but to go along with it because they got the children. And with this trans thing, you're seeing more women because you know they're more prone and susceptible to um, sort of these these social influences and appeals to empathy and appeals to uh, being getting recognition through uh, being sort of this uh, going into this other kind of victimhood class. I think that's another thing that's sort of appealing to like a modern female. And uh, there's probably other considerations too with like wanting to go um, male. But we're seeing this with the feminist uh, agenda, (coughs) which is (coughs) – which is not it's not it's actually not feminism it's not it's not uh, elevating or promoting uh, femininity it's 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 to make women masculine and to portray them as masculine so you have these superhero films and all that and so what is like what is what is the female doing is what would be normally regarded as masculine and then the the, the females are portrayed as being uh not not taking on a, anything that would be re- regarded as feminine. They're going to have to fight. They're going to have to pick up a gun. They're going to have to, you know, kill, um, do a 360 flying through the air, scissor kick, break a guy's neck, stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's what you're seeing in film. So it's, it's, it's all about, yeah, women putting on a jock strap, Getting out there, getting in the game, getting in the fight, uh, and, and and kicking a lot of a lot of dudes' asses because you know, of course, everybody knows that women have much greater physical strength than men. They've always have, right? I mean, I'm being sarcastic, but um, well, another interesting thing about this too is like, uh, as an aside. But it's still on the same subject. Is that uh, oh, these trans athletes, so-called trans or, or whatever, competing in sports, and people being outraged about that, or saying, "Oh, that's taking it too far." It's like, well, actually, no, it's not. The way I look at it is like if you're going to, like, say, for instance, call. Uh, what's an example? Um, yeah, it's interesting, especially in the light of like uh, Bruce Jenner, because wasn't he an Olympic athlete? That's now people call him a woman, say he's Caitlyn Jenner now, and he's a woman. So um, would that mean that his prior gold medal are now invalid because he was actually competing? in the wrong uh he, he was competing amongst males and he wasn't a male so that shouldn't that disqualify him because he was actually a woman was he a woman then or is he just a woman now like he changed now or he was i thought it was because i thought the story was that he was always a woman but was always afraid to express it but did he was was he really a man and then transformed into a woman I mean, there's all kinds of questions, but whatever. So if he's actually a woman now, then and then people recall him a woman and say say she when they refer to him, 
and they do it with other people who go trans or whatever, then why wouldn't they be able to play in sports? I don't understand, like, the objection now. It's like if so previously if you're saying, oh, we, we need to, yeah, we need to um, go along with this and we need to, you know, certainly get their pronouns right and everything. It's like, okay, then why are you screaming and crying about them going to sports? Like an example would be like Joe Rogan. It's like he, he's like pointing this out. Oh, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. It's like, okay, how ridiculous is it if you actually call them a she? It's obviously he, but you're calling them she, and he, and he's a he's a progressive, so he 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 he'll go, he'll take it that far. Say, oh yeah, so if he has he has a trans or whatever, he's going to call him she. Might be obviously a dude. Maybe like it's. Maybe maybe the maybe the she is coming on like coming on there with like a, you know a, a neck like a tree trunk and uh, you know two hundred fifty pounds but but still a she maybe even still have their their all their genitalia attacked whatever still a she call them she it's like okay when so when they go into when you carry that out that I, you know ideas have consequences and the consequence of that is that oh, so you take that to its logical conclusion you can't discriminate against them when they go into sport that would be discrimination why would you want them to be discriminated against it's you already established that that's a woman and then they go in to compete in their sport as a woman which you've already conceded that and then turn around and say, "Oh well, this uh, U.S. particular UFC fighter is um, obviously has an advantage because it's like, well, you should have thought of that before you called him a woman to begin with." You know, it's like, okay, so what are you referring to now that you're saying that that's wrong that they're in competition with uh, biological females and the biological females are getting their skulls crushed? Um. So, oh, the, the their physique, their body, they were born a male, so they have this event. Oh, they were born a male, but now they're women. But so if they're a woman now, what difference does it make if they were born a male or not? Because they're, they're a woman now. So that would be, it wouldn't be a man. It would be a woman with uh, some male characteristics, Right. So it's a, but no, it's completely and totally illogical, and you can't reconcile that. So you, you certainly can't come out and say, "Oh, well, I don't like this or that or the other aspect of it." Um, it's like no, it's, that's logically inconsistent. You just you should just go along with with trans athletes competing, you know, whatever they identify as. If you're going to follow it to this logical conclusion, then you should go along with that, too. And, uh, yeah, last time I was out in California, I noticed this, too. Like, um, I was at this, uh, I was helping my buddy out. He was filming some comedians on stage at this place. And um, so I got a free ticket, too, to go tag along with them there. And... And um, you know there was um, a couple of beers. Had a couple of beer. Had to go to the had to go to the bathroom. And it's like um, so I just, just kind of stroll over to the bathroom and like um, I started to go in. And they said, "Sir, sir, uh, what's going on there? What are you doing?" And I'm like, oh, "Okay, hang on. What? 
Oh, and I turn around and look, and there was like a line. And I'm like, why is there a line? There's, oh, now it's like, oh, it's 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 genderless bathrooms now. So they had a male and a female restroom, but they changed it and they made them both male and female. And then now you can only go in and you can only go in one at a time. And there was a line there, and I'm like. Okay, yeah, all right, so what does this do? What are we doing here? And it's like, okay, yeah, now I get, oh, this is the genderless bathroom thing. So what it actually ends up resulting in is that you're going to have to stand in line now. And totally ignore the fact that you had two, previously you had two perfectly good restrooms to do what you got to do your business in. And now you got the same facilities, only now you can now you get a fraction of the utility out of them because you have to now like have to wait in line because only one person can go at a time. Previously, you could go in the men's restroom, and if there's a guy standing at the urinal, you could piss in the toilet. Can't do that now. It's like okay, so here we here we are. You know, this is this is the. Uh, cultural Marxist revolution, we're starting to see the fruits of it. Yeah, standing in line, holding your holding your pit piss and waiting on, you know, uh, waiting on, waiting in line and uh, just just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. And and there was never trans people before this? Like, how, how did they go to the bathroom before? It's like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Like, like what? Like, would they have? I don't know. It's not, this is not going to be settled on this program for sure. But it's just absurd. It's totally absurd. But that's what they got going on there. And I'm seeing this like other places too, not just California, where it's like, yeah, it's not. They just have a. Uh, bathroom with a male or female and you go in there but the, but the point is the end result is like yeah waiting in line for bathrooms when you didn't have to do that before and this to accommodate like point zero 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 one percent of the population yeah really uh why didn't they always have this from the beginning? Because wasn't there like hermaphrodites, people born with uh, male and female genitalia, and they've been around forever, uh, and they were probably even less of a percentage of the population, but still, I mean, they're people. Like, shouldn't we have always accommodated them as a third option? Why are we just doing it now? I mean. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like, why is it all of a sudden so important now to accommodate point zero 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 one percent of the population? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess trans is more higher percentage of the population now. But um, yeah, you got that. So this is the the revolution that we're undergoing. I'll have to figure something out with my internet, y'all. And then I can do a – what I might am doing is I'll just go somewhere and I could take my laptop and I could 
park in some parking lot that's got free Wi-Fi available and do the call from there. See how that goes. But now I have an issue with the battery, and it uh, I have to keep the thing continually plugged in. So that's another thing. I did get a new battery. I have to put it in, see, how, see if it resolved the problem, because I'm not sure if it's the battery. Maybe it's the... I don't know. But if you're tuning in, thanks for listening. And if you want to call in... Sign up on TalkShoe. You type into your search engine TalkShoe Hoaxbusters call. That should take you to my TalkShoe page, and then you could sign up for notifications there. And then I'll put out a notification before I fire up a call, and then you'll be able to call in. They'll have call-in numbers. Uh, previously, I had the numbers posted and stuff, but the numbers have been changed, so I, I took that, I took those references that down off the blog. Uh, going through and updating the blog right now. Haven't been messing with it much the last several days because of the internet. I think I'm forgetting to mention something. Just some observations, some insights that I think are pertinent. I plan on uh, getting some things worked out so we can do a live broadcast next Monday. And, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. So I'll send out a notification if it's going to happen. I usually send one out an hour before going live. Well, yeah, thanks everybody that's listening right now. For tuning in. I know there was an issue with the last audios because I tried to download it myself, like play it through the player and it wouldn't play. Not sure exactly what's going on. I, I saved out the MP3 in the same format that it always has been. But I'm, but I'm suspecting it's an issue with the way I saved it out. But I'm not sure exactly what, so I have to figure that out. But anyway. Yeah, so it's December 9th, 2019. This is Chris here signing out. I'll talk to you later. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.